Welcome to Meaning Over Money, a different kind of financial podcast where money is never about money. Welcome. Thank you so much for tuning in. We are so excited to have you here. We hope you're having an awesome week. And regardless of when you're listening to this, we hope it adds value to your journey. And if it does add value, it would mean the world to us if you would share with a friend or to rate and review our show. It makes a big difference. We get a lot of feedback for our our content, some good, some bad. And one of the negative pieces of feedback that we've received a lot of lately, probably more so over the last three to four months, is something like this. They'll say, Travis, what you're saying is from a place of financial privilege. Or they'll say, Travis, that's a privileged thing to say. Or Travis, that advice doesn't count because you have financial privilege. And I'm hearing it more and more. And that's not a a phrase that I use. It's not a phrase in my vocabulary. But I'm hearing it enough that I thought it might be worth addressing and and thinking about. And if I really think about what what do people mean by that? And, And how do they mean it? I think I would agree with them. I think I would agree based on their definition. I probably do have financial privilege. And as I think about this topic, I think there are three ways that you can have financial privilege. There are three reasons for it. Number one, you're born with it. Number two, you work up to it over time. Or number three, you inherit it. So for me, was I born with financial privilege? Well, I was born into a a middle, a middle class family and grew up in a kind of a farm, like kind of a farm town. And, and so I would say I, I, I don't think I was born into financial privilege, but I also know that, that there's a lot of people that are born into poverty, and there's a lot of people that, are, that were hurting far more than I was as a child. I had a very normal childhood when it came to, I think, just lifestyle and money. Um, so I would say some people might say that that's financial privilege. So whatever that is, that, that's me. You could inherit it. And I would say, well, no, that hasn't happened to me. <laughs> that, that has not happened to, to, to us. Um, and then the other one, the, the second one is you can, you can work up to it over time. And this is the one I wanted to sit on for a second. I, I think if you were to say that, okay, Travis, you are financially privileged. That's probably true today. And I think it's more true today than it was 10 years ago and more... 10 years ago than it was 20 years ago because over time that has there's been growth in that my financial life has gotten better progressively over time and I think if I and I and I I would say today like based on some of the people's feedback sure I guess you could call me financially privileged we're we're doing really well like we're okay and, and we get to live the life that we're called to live. And, and I, I'm grateful. I'm so grateful for that. So I wanted to talk about this idea of financial privilege because I'm hearing it a lot. It's, it's being put on me often. And so I just wanted to, to, to discuss that. And here's kind of, as I think about it, it feels like a chicken and egg scenario. It's, quote, unquote, easy for somebody like me with privilege to give this advice. 
but it doesn't but 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 based on this feedback it doesn't apply to those who don't have privilege travis you've privilege this advice works if you don't have privilege it doesn't work therefore they can't do these things if they don't have the privilege that you have but i would also but i also think my perspective is these are the things that hold people back from moving up this idea that you can't follow this advice because they don't have privilege is the reason they don't have privilege or the reason we're not growing in this, these things. And I want to give some examples because I think these are holding people back. These held me back. They hold so many people back. And before people start saying, well, Travis, you don't understand. You don't understand what it's like to, to be on the other side. Well, I work with people all the time that are hurting, profoundly hurting. I've worked with clients, and I was thinking back through my clients. I've worked with clients who, who one of them, their water was turned off multiple times in a single year because they couldn't afford to pay their water bill. That happened. One of my clients got evicted from three different apartments. Didn't make their payment, got the boot. Found another place, didn't make the payment, got the boot. A couple of my clients, no, no college education whatsoever, and rarely ever made more than 30000 a year. So if you want to look back on those, would you, would you accuse any of those people of having financial privilege? I wouldn't. They were hurting. They, they were hurting. And nobody's going to look at them and say, oh, yeah, they're privileged. You know, when you get your water turned off or you get booted out of multiple apartments or you have no education, the most you make is 30000 a year. I don't think anybody's out there accusing you of having financial privilege. But here's the thing. All, all those people today, they might be accused of having financial privilege. Where they're at today is different than where they were at then. They've done so much work. They've made so many hard decisions. They've took the road less traveled. It was simple, but it was so hard. And today, those very same people got their water turned off, got booted out of apartment after apartment, the people that have no college education and, and only made 30000 a year. All of those people today, I think they could get accused of having financial privilege because they've worked their way up. They certainly weren't born into it, and they haven't inherited anything, but they've worked their way up over time. So let's talk about a few of them. Number one, a piece of advice I give often and people come back at me talking about financial privilege is this idea that we shouldn't obsess about credit scores and we shouldn't be out there just using credit cards. And the feedback is, well, Travis, people without financial privilege are dependent upon credit scores and credit cards. And I understand this perspective. I've walked alongside a lot of people that feel that way. But my perspective is that when we dwell on credit scores, it causes us to make decisions that prevent us from moving up. Therefore, we rely on credit scores in perpetuity. And when we use credit cards, it is a surefire way to sabotage our life when, not if, when something heavy comes our way. So I would agree. It's hard to not obsess with credit scores and to not use credit cards. It's hard. It is hard. But that can be, what, that can be the thing that unlocks us to moving up because I watch people get stuck at the bottom because they continue to do these things. But I get the perspective. When I say we need to budget, feedback is, 
Well, Travis, people without financial privilege, they can't budget because they don't have enough money to begin with. So why budget when there's not even enough money there? My perspective is budgeting can be the secret to unlocking whatever potential we have in our financial life. We might find that extra income in, in our budget. We might find it because it might, be, it might be leaking somewhere in our life and we might find it when we budget. Also, when we budget, it becomes easier to make more money because we know when we make more money, it gets used for XYZ purposes. It helps on both ends. It helps find us income that we're already making and it helps us make more income because we have a purpose behind the income. We know what we're going to do. And when we budget well, it sets the table for doing better things when we are making more money, not if, when we're making more money. So I, I do believe in the budgeting stuff. I don't believe budgeting stuff is for people who are privileged. I would say everybody needs to budget and it helps us move, move things forward. And in fact, I would tell my clients, budgeting is the thing, the biggest factor to moving forward with our finances. Making more money is far down on the list. Budgeting is more important because budgeting is where we harness it and use it for good. I always give the advice, let's not go deeply into student loan debt. And the feedback I receive is, well, Travis, most people wouldn't be able to afford to go to college if they took my advice. That's a privileged statement. People with privilege don't need student loans. People without privilege need student loans. Here's my perspective. Student loans are crushing people. Student loans are ruining people's lives. And the people that have more privilege are actually going deeper into debt. It's crazy. My perspective is every person can go to college without student loan debt. I've walked alongside so many families over the years on going to college without student loan debt. It's possible. There's a decision that needs to be made or many decisions that need to be made along the way. And it's, it's not as easy as signing the, the dotted line on a student loan form. But we can do it. But if somebody wants to get stuck not having financial privilege, being deeply in student loan debt is, is a great way to do it. Student loan debt is crushing an entire generation, and we just need to stop the madness. And sure, you know, there's this whole conversation about canceling student loan debt and changing the whole way the system works. I have no control over that. But, and you don't either, but we do have control over what decisions we make with our own lives. So for many people, doing college different could be the make or break there. Coming out of college without a crap load of debt can be the, the, the key that unlocks that movement upward that people are seeking to make. It's ironic that we're going to college to help our life and we put such a heavy burden on ourselves in the process financially that when we get out of college, we don't have a better life. We're getting a job for the privilege of trying to unburden ourselves over the next 20 years from the decision that we made to go to college. It shouldn't be that way. I give the advice that find, we should find work that provides us with meaning. And the feedback is that's the ultimate statement of privilege. People without privilege are just trying to put food on the table. And I get that. I totally get that. There's a season for everything, including a season to grind at a job we may not love. 
However, that's a season. So yes, let's, wor- let's work hard. And sometimes that's a crappy job. I've had a, a couple that were just brutal. Yes, let's do what we need to do. We got to do that. I total props to people who are stepping forward to doing the hard work that they need to do. Totally. But over the long term, if we pursue work that provides us meaning, and meaning doesn't mean we take a job that pays less. Meaning is a job that is meaning, that has meaning. When we have meaning in our work, we're probably going to make more money because you're putting more energy, more passion, more of your giftedness into the job. You are just better. And when we are better in putting more into our work, I believe that we'll probably be more successful. And I do also believe this isn't work-related, but when we have meaning in our work, I think we're a better person outside of work. And so this, this particular advice gets a lot of criticism for my, my financial privilege, as people say. But I believe everybody can have work that provides meaning. It's not a magical job. I mean, there's so many jobs out there. We just need to find one for us that provides us with meaning. Another piece of advice I always say, we shouldn't buy brand new cars with huge monthly payments. And the feedback is, Travis, that's privileged. Not everyone has the ability to buy a brand new car with cash. Duh, obviously, Travis, people, people without financial privilege don't have 40 grand to go to the store and go buy a car. I, I would agree. I would say very few people on this planet can justify bring, buying a brand new car with cash me included. To me, that's a silly notion that we need to go buy a brand new car. This isn't a cash, non-cash discussion. Why why do we all think we need to go buy a $40,000 car? That's not what we need to do. If you can go buy a $40,000 car, go for it. I mean, that's, that's not what I'm going to do, but there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with going and buying a nice car. But there's a, there's a narrative in our culture that says you have to go buy a brand new car. And if you have to go buy a brand new car and you can't afford to pay cash, then of course you're going to have a huge car payment. But that's, that's not your only option. We can go find a good used car, something that has a few years and a few miles on it and, and get something that's affordable. And those car payments are what is most crushing families. If you want to tie a single thing to somebody's life on what is causing them to, on, on, a, on a transactional level, what's causing people to be stuck, it's car payments. Those car payments are huge. And so for many people, that car payment is reason one, two, and three while they're stuck financially. Why they're stuck financially. And again, hard to do even though it's simple. It's simple, let's just not have a a really big fat car loan, but it's hard to make the choices and to work our way down the path of, 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 of being there. Because again, this all comes down to where are we trying to go? Are we trying to stay where we're at or are we trying to, to improve? And yes, I'm going to say it again. I do speak from a place of financial privilege. If, if somebody's going to say that, I think they're right. But I work with people that are in every, every demographic, including those who are just profoundly hurting. 
and it's a chicken and an egg. When we're hurting, we can continue to do the same things we're doing, and we may continue to hurt. And I hate to see that. I don't want people to hurt. And these things I talked about on this episode, plus so many more things, these are hard to do, especially if we don't have financial privilege. But they're also the roadblocks to becoming one of the quote-unquote financially privileged. So we need to make a choice. And we need to make some hard, hard decisions. We need to take the road less traveled. We need to do something countercultural along the way. When we do, it can, it can push us forward. And if this is the definition of financial privilege, then I hope there's a lot of financial privileged people. I hope, I hope a lot of people move forward. I know a lot of people don't come from a lot, and it's hard. I know. I, I, I work with, with folks every day that are on that journey. But I'm proud to see the amazing work they do and to move forward. I kind of lucked into moving forward when I realized how dumb I was being and how many dumb mistakes I was making. And, and I found my way, and I'm so grateful for that. I'm grateful for the humiliation I suffered in the really scary moments of my life where I realized that doing it the normal way was not going to work long term. And if that's you, if, you, if you're kind of teetering on that edge and you want to move forward, I hope you do. I hope you do. And again, this isn't about having money. It's about finding meaning. It's about living a life that you're excited to wake up to every single day. And if you make the right choices, there will naturally be more money there. It, there will be. But the meaning piece is what really matters. And, and as we pursue the meaning, the money stuff will work itself out. It just does. Well, that's all I have for today. If you'd like to connect with us outside of the podcast, we would love to hear from you. You can join our podcast community on Facebook. You can find the link in the show notes, or you can just search for Meaning Over Money Podcast on Facebook. You can find our Instagram account, uh, Meaning Over Money, or me, Travis Shelton. You can find our YouTube channel. Of course, you can find our financial course for young adults, where we teach young adults how to live for the meaning and not for the money, and that's at meaningover.money. And if you decide to buy a course, please don't pay full price. As our way of saying thank you for listening, we'll give you 25% off by using the promo code PODCAST25, PODCAST25. But if that's not for you, that's okay. We're just glad that you're here, and we hope this podcast continues to add value to your journey. Take care, guys.